We got to be real quiet today. I promise I'm going to be really quiet. The bears are in hibernation. We don't want to wake them up. A good CPI number, one good number. We're going to find out if Blue Putnam thinks that's enough to take for the Fed to take their foot off the interest rate gas pedal. Not much in earnings or stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about the, the big rally, where we go from here, who benefited most. Tech is back in town. Mitch, let's get it going on this Veterans Day. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Now, if you guys really think I'm going to be quiet and not talk loud, then wrong. This is pre-market prep. We're bringing the energy up 20 and a quarter handles at 39.8150. We're kissing. We're kissing uh, 4,000. Who would have thought about that when we were in 3,500? 39.9750 is your pre-market high. And I put this in yesterday in, in my article, limited daily resistance above current level. We took that out yesterday. Let's see what the Bulls can do today. Uh, the buck getting whacked again, down a buck 19, 106.90. Basically free falling now. Uh, TLT, that's down 69 cents. Bond markets are closed for this uh, for this Veterans Day holiday. Uh, crude, uh, China eases restrictions up 249 at 88.96. Gold having best best 5 days since i was born i think up 990 at 176350 silver going the opposite way uh that's down uh about 9 cents 2161 bitcoin the futures they're under 17k they're down 900 at 16860 ethereum futures they're down $42.50 at 126650 uh let's bring in our triple d triple d you never came back yesterday you had me a little concerned and money mitch with the green light yesterday he was he was riding the bull train after that number dennis was there anything in there i mean how far did you have to bid above the offer to cover stuff oh i was just trying to buy whatever i could remember that day uh like two or three months ago when the cpi came in hot i was just selling stocks for like i felt like an hour straight this was the opposite. I was just trying to buy whatever the hell I could because it was insane. Like I was able to get like the XHB up 3%. I'm like paying up big for stuff too, um, which obviously is the home builders ETF. I mean, that ended up going up like 13%. Like some of the moves were nothing short of incredible, incredible. And I mean, it That's was it. what we wanted. It was what the market wanted. It wanted a number. That was light. We've talked about this on this show for a long time, saying if we ever do get a number that's light, this market is going to rip on it. That's exactly what happened. Market did rip on it. The question is now what? I mean, now we've ripped on it. We have stocks, some stocks up 
30% yesterday. I think you got to look and analyze what you want to own. So does this mean the V bottom is going to happen? I think that is very incorrect. I do not think we're having a V bottom. I don't think you're going to see the S&P look like this. We're at all time highs in six months. I don't think that's going to happen. We don't know anything. It's crazy market, algo driven. Anything can happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I still think we're still in this fade market, but now you got to be looking at dips to buy. You know, you get an earnings play, something dips on it, you're probably buying it. You get something pulling back for whatever reason, you're probably buying it. So I think we just got to analyze it from that perspective. With that being said, when these crappy stocks rally 25 to 30% in a day, what do you do? I sell them. So, I mean, my unity, and I'll let you guys talk in a second. My unity sure. went down to $18 after hours two nights ago on the earnings. You won't see it on the chart, but that's where it was trading after hours on the earnings. It came all the way back to 28 I mean, you're talking about a move that it moved up 50% from where it was the night before. Forget that earnings report. So I'm like, gone. See you. I bag hell. You know, I bought the Unity like $27. It came all the way back up. I didn't even wait for 27. I sold 26 and took the one point loss. Obviously, should have waited because it's 27.85. I would have got the whole thing back. But any like stocks that you know aren't making money. I mean, those are what was really moving yesterday. But if you're holding all these bags. It's a good time to unload some bags. You know what I think exacerbated this? Uh, it was the price action on Wednesday, right? I mean, it's one of those that, you know, it was a big down day. We closed on the low. People that maybe wanted to deploy ahead of the CPI number, they're like, oh, man, what a what a tankage. And then, it, interestingly, it, it caught a bid uh, uh, Wednesday night. We, we almost made an exact double bottom in the S&P, and then we started to move up. So I think I think people maybe sold, you know, the people that wanted to buy on Wednesday were a little bit scared. The people that sold on, on Wednesday were like, what did I do? And then you had people short, you know, okay, this is, you know, we're going to get a bad number. We can't lick inflation. So I think you had all those things, uh, all those things going on at one time. But uh, Mitch wasn't afraid to uh, stand in front of the train uh, yesterday, even after that higher open. We did have a 30-handle decline off the open. It was a quick 30 points, and I think that suckered some more people in. Oh, and yeah. It's turned the video it around. Video down two bucks, Joel. Nvidia was down two more dollars in the pre-market. One thirty-eight, it was ticking. It's one fifty-nine. One day later. Yeah, well, I, I thought moves. I, I do want to say right off the hop here, before I get into stocks action, I do want to give a shout out to all the veterans out there that have put their time in for us here at the United States. And uh, even if you're not here in the United States, definitely shout out to you. Sure. Appreciate you guys. Definitely. Yep. And I think that we could take a second for veterans all out there. Uh, a big thank you from us here at Pre-Market Prep. And we hope sure. that you guys enjoy our show and are able to find opportunities from our information. Like always, it's not financial advice, educational. But if we can provide some education here and push you forward in your wealth, we definitely hope we do that. A All right. So let's. Humor, too. Yeah, of course. We got to have some entertainment, right? <laughs> so, and you guys know me. I've been in the bear cave for a very long time. Are you fully out of the bear cave? 
I, I talked about it yesterday. I even said it. In the short-term Q4, I'm feeling bullish. Now, yeah. long-term, I still feel like we're going to run into some headwinds. Yeah. There's probably going to be some earnings declining, and that could lead towards the recession next year. But in the meantime, right now, what can knock us back down? I'm thinking, well, Fed talk. Well, Fed maybe talk Fed talk sure. could knock us down. But uh -huh. the only thing in my eyes is that I think the Fed is finally going to feel like they're finally having an effect on inflation. Yeah. Is it really that they're having the effect on it's inflation? It's one month. It's one I don't month. think so. It's yeah. This, this is the yeah. thing. This is the it's thing. Let me month. explain why. So the big part for me was when inflation was coming down in the prior months, it was coming down by 0.2 and then we went down to 0.01. This time we we went down 0.06. So this is a, a way faster pace coming down on inflation than it's ever been. And so in my eyes, that alone gives the bulls something to hang their hats on. For because sure. what were the bulls saying before this? Well, they were just giving us talk that the Fed was going to change the pace of the hike rates. Now they actually have something, some data. And you know how the Fed keeps saying they're data dependent. Well, now we actually have some data that can actually point to that slowing of the pace of the rate. Now we can also take a look at the CME Fed tool. I said yesterday, pay attention to it. Now it's down to only 14% chance of a 75 basis point hike rate when that was closer to 43% chance before the CPI report. Lots to think about. Again, I completely agree with you with the data. They have some data now that shows that their plan is working. We've been talking about, the market has been preliminarily talking about pivot for months, months, months. Wrong. Now you can start talking about a pivot. Now you can start now talking about pivot. Can. The yeah. problem is the bloody market just rallied so much that I'm like, I can't chase it here. I need that Fed speak to come in and <laughs> knock the market back down. Give like half of it back and people are like, oh, here we go again. And that's when you strike. I'm never buying reps. I'm buying dips. And people are asking, well, what did you buy for the long-term account yesterday? I'm not buying anything on a day. We're up 200 S&P handles. What I was buying from 830 to 9 was in my day trading account. And I'm trying to do arbitrage. I'm trying to literally, I see the market's up 3.5. I see XHB up 2.5. And, and I'm like, the home builders are going to go up more than the spy. There's just no doubt about it. You know, this is direct to home builders. So if I buy a home builder up only 3%, the spy's up 3%, I short the spy against, I buy the home builder. So that's nice. the kind of stuff that I was doing in the day trading account. Like Those that. trades are all off. That money is made. Now it's like, okay, let's analyze from the longer term perspective. I bought nothing yesterday in my long term account. My job is to not buy rips in my long term account or in my swing trading account. My job is to buy dips. I mean, okay. my bank in Nova Scotia, which we talked about, that was one that was setting up well, had a huge day. I mean, I'm up 8% yeah. on that in four days. I mean, there's lots of opportunities here, but I think yeah, I think I think we're up so much so fast. I'm thinking I'm lightening up some of the stuff that I don't really like. I didn't sell in the bank of Nova Scotia. I like that stock. I think it's, I think it's cheap. I think it's got cash flows. I held on to that. But like I said, I sold my Unity. I had a, a, J a Japanese ETF that was up just enormous yesterday, EWJ. I sold that in the long-term account because I'm like, this is just a huge move. Um, you're talking about it's up 15, 17, 18% here in about three weeks. 
So, I mean, this is just a big move. Whew. So, I didn't sell much in the long-term council of Unity. I sold this EWJ. I sold something else too. I can't remember. So I sold three things out of my long-term account. I brought my cash holdings. I was down to 32. You know I was down to 32 because we were getting down. I brought it back like 38. So I'm like, I didn't get down. You know, I'm not all in. But on a pullback here, I'll put more money to work. I got to get a pullback here now though. I cannot come in when we're, you know, maybe we're going to go to 4,000 a day, but I haven't mm -hmm. made money chasing in 2022. There's no money being made chasing in 2022. So I can't, I need a pullback now. And I think the Fed speak will give us a pullback somewhere somebody will say something we'll get a pullback something nervous but i think you got to be kind of having your shopping list ready to go now yeah i think a, a day like today is um a question that i have right well yesterday was really risk on type of day and it felt like growth and value was moving higher everything which one is a rip to sell and which one has some legs what do you feel here is well it i think growth short or is it short the values run, you have some legs in the growth i mean it's so beaten up so it's no doubt that stuff goes up the most but i mean if you've been puking your guts out it's this is a good time to reallocate mitch i yeah. mean if you've been sitting here and you're all growth stocks and i had three people reaching out to me in the last few days saying i have all these tech stocks i don't know what to do i want to own some value stocks should i sell them all i'm like well we're so in the hole in the tech it's hard to do that well, now we just ride 25, 30% on some of these names. So now you have an opportunity to maybe move out of some of this garbage stocks, which a lot of them are, that are potentially going bankrupt eventually, and moving it into something that's solid, something that's got cash flow, something that's making money. Because I don't think we're completely like green light go, ARC's making new all-time highs next year. I do not think that is happening. I think, next year, ever. I mean, I, I, maybe never. I mean, yeah. And, you know, you look here, do I want to own Tesla here? It didn't really participate that much yesterday. Got a lot weighing on it. Twitter's an absolute mess right now for him. And the market is punishing Tesla stock for that. So I'm laying off that too. But I think you get a pullback, some main, maybe some amazing value. Even some of the drug stocks didn't participate yesterday because they were going up when the market wasn't. Remember, they're actually moving opposite. So I actually saw stock like Gilead down yesterday. And you're like, what a garbage stock. Well, no, it's just because it's risk off and it was full risk on. So they're taking money out of Gilead and dumping it in an ARC. That's what the, you know, the traders, you know, the short-term traders are doing. But I think you get a pullback in some of these solid names. I think you're buying those. Well, one thing Santa you got to think about town. Dude, as far as the I, I mean, Joel, Matt, I mean, what do I buy on tech? Tech just rallied here. I'm not buying anything on tech. I'm talking about selling tech. So, I mean, we're in a completely different boat here. I got to be clear when I'm speaking. Tech had a huge day yesterday. It's been getting crushed. This is an opportunity if you have too much tech. I'm kind of like medium. I don't have, a, I have a, a lot of tech that just grew up, but I hedged and I sold some of it. You know that. So, I think I'm looking at buying still the value names. I'm not like green light, go tech. This is it. Amazon's going to be $200. It's not happening. There's so many bag holders above. There will be people coming back in. Amazon gets to 110, bag holder central. Bag holders all trying to get out. So you got a little bit of room. If you're long tech, I think you're holding it for a little bit more move, maybe some follow through here. But you're getting up to what, Mitch? S&P 4,000, you're thinking? Getting up yeah. to 35 eagles? Definitely, I, I, I can see time. four, four, and then uh, from there, I've talked about the 407 level, which is an SMA 200. I know, of course, 
the techni- uh, technicians out there are going to be calling out that level. That's the 407.15 level. Um, and that's call you around the top, right? Maybe you're thinking max 411. I definitely don't see like 430, right? That, that'd be a little bit crazy. That'd be a little bit too optimistic, I feel here. But day two move. I'll be looking for some of them. What I think is here is an important thing is trying to look at the way that you're saying. Look at the cash flows, right? Look at, see if the stocks that don't have cash flow are still making moves up, or is it the ones that do have good cash flow that get the day two move here? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough here because we, we're out of Q3 earnings season. And really, what, what, you know, what kept the market on the rocks recently was the Q3 earnings season, which, you know, wasn't that great. But, you know, somehow we're still higher than we were. And Q4 earnings season doesn't start until after the first of the year. JP Morgan is the first or second week. Uh, You know, we all should have been listening to Ryan Dietrich uh, talking about the, you know, the market seasonality. uh, You know, November, I think November through April are the best five months of the year. Um, Also, uh, say what you want, whatever, you know, whatever your political persuasion is, uh, the outcome of the election. Uh, a lot of people were were selling on Wednesday because the, you know, the, the Republicans did not get control. So I, I don't I mean, you can get some Fed speak here, but man, not, I mean, the, there's going to be dips, but, you know, there's crowded trades on tech to the upside. There's going to be a crowd of buyers on the downside here on the de- declines because we are so far off the low, right? Yep. So yeah. far off the low. We got dip buyers and we got rip sellers. That continues. That yep. trade continues. That trade that has worked nonstop in 2022 is not dead. This is not the 2020 growth. Oh, we're just going to go straight up for weeks and weeks and weeks. I don't think that's going to happen. I, agree. I could be wrong. Nobody knows. I mean, we're all just guessing. We're all just making logical guesses. I'm right 51% of the time I'm making money. So, I mean, it's tricky to just say what's going to happen from here. I think Mitch's point to 4,000 is a logical stopping point. I think we got room in the next day or two, maybe even today, to 4,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a lot of people sitting on a lot of bags. And the first glimpse, the first little glimpse that, oh, it's trouble I had, they're going to sell. So, I mean, you got to be careful with just jumping in all this baggy stuff mitch what are you buying i'll tell you one thing that it was interesting this morning uh was oil oil is actually continuing to rise and this is all coming off of the backs of uh china uh right uh reopening and um there's a couple of things that we can look at china looks like they're easing quarantine measures uh china state media announced on friday that the country would reduce quarantine times for international travelers by two days of course this revises the kind of the facility where it was seven days now going down to five days. So to me, I mean, this doesn't really mean complete reopening, but at least China's starting to ease some of the quarantine measures is why you're seeing oil up today. And these are the stocks that are making the moves up. I don't know. Can these continue to run if China fully actually reopens? That could be something to keep in mind. There's a lot of really good news. China reopening, inflation coming in a little bit. This is all the news that the market really needed. This is real news. This is what the market really needed. That's why this rally is real. But is it, you know, sustainable, like in the sense that, you know, I've got a chase here, you know, and people and people believe that. And maybe they're right. Maybe we do have to chase this one. Maybe this yeah. is the time to chase. You know, you got China, you got inflation coming in check. 
you got the shorts caught. There's no doubt the shorts are caught. I think you got a two-day move. It's not surprising we're up here today. I think you got the room in the 4,000. I just don't know if we've got the oomph. I think you got like a lot more back room to 420 that right now. I'm not going to – I'm not – I'm not going to try and call top on this one. I mean, I, I, I'm really this. I don't think I mean, we need just, to. I'm trying to say, just do we a, have to buy it? Are we going to get a dip? Short to buy? term trading, yeah. Yep, I think short term trading. Yeah, you chase do. it. Yep, I'm saying chase. I think this. you do. Yep, and and I'm yep. on the fence here. So full, I would, I never chase. Yeah. But yep. I'm like, I mean, I don't chase thinking... for my long term portfolio because I no. get in things and I stay in them. You're you're so much more, you know, fluid with what you do. So, you know, I take my lumps when the market goes down. But like the market timing aspect of things, you know, I, I you know, I bought some, you know, some treasuries over the last week and a half. I'm still, you know, four, four and a half, five percent. That's what I bought over the last. Oh, there week. you go, too. The, that, yeah, the Tina trade being dead is still dead, even though we're getting like a that pivot, one. the rates aren't coming down immediately here. And you can get five percent right I now. Know. You're tying up further in Ontario, and I think it's like on two years at five and a half right now. You have big box, like five and a half. You tie up a million bucks, get 55 grand uh, a year. Yeah, people yep. are living on that. Yep, some people are living on that. You couldn't yeah. live on a million dollars like before, just like not taking risk. Right now, you could live on, like, in the, you know, it wouldn't be fun living on that. But I'm just saying, you take a million dollars in stocks, you throw a million dollars in cash, you get $55,000 a year on that. It's incredible from where we were. You say you'll lose to inflation. And then what I if mean, inflation's coming down? That's next, it. And you lock it in for a couple of years. I know. And now inflation comes down. I waited. Down, I, waited. The five I, and waited. Half. I waited. I waited. Not a bad, not a bad yeah, move there, so, Joe. There's lots know, to the, think about here, but there's no reason for stocks to go to all-time highs. So I no, think you got to no, take that. Right, but there's I got that something for us. I got really? something for us want to believe it. I got something for us here. So, of course, we don't say always that, you know, history repeats itself, but sometimes it rhymes. So I'll bring you guys some charts back in the 2000, uh, the dot-com era. This is the 2001, and here is a low made in September and then look what happened in October, November, December. We still had a little bit of a rally, even though we were in a bear market. So this is the type of rally that I could see maybe happening. Maybe it's a 19% move. That was a big move there, even though after this, we ended up coming down and breaking this and making new lows. These are the type of markets that I think we're in right now. We could see this bear market rally. It could hold for a couple of months. And then if we get recession concerns, we could fall off the tape Man, in the I long think, run. The whole recession thing, though, that this is what kept people out of the market. Everyone's saying there's a recession, uh, that um, China is going to invade Taiwan, right? Had all the nervous Nellies here. And then, you know, I'm Let's seeing see. stories that uh, Biden. I'm still, still nervous. We're still What's nervous that? about that. That's Biden seeks to build floor with China relations. He's meeting with Xi. I mean that. that I mean that's, that's never going to change anything. Just a meeting. Well, what if what if uh you know what if there's a you know what if there what if there's a flip in the relations? I'm not saying that there is, but there's so China... there's a potential catalyst out here with a better relationship with China. I don't know what's going on in the Ukraine war. Mm -hmm. You know there there's a lot of things that can happen that you know. First, you got the good CPI. Everyone was you know waiting for a good CPI number. You got that. I mean. Now, if things get better with China, boom. If people ask you what is that, I, I still be looking at the, to buying the banks on the pullback. They've gotten beat up. They should have done better in a rising interest rate environment. If we're not going into recession, they're not sexy. 
But, um, you know, there's still, I mean, JP Morgan's had a big move, like, you know, try and pick a level to buy that still way off. It's, uh, you know, it's got the momentum after just getting killed. So um, that BNS, I really looked at Dennis when, uh, when you talked about that. Well, I hadn't gone all the, I'm I'm just, you know, me relationships. I'm like, every bank has rallied and BNS hasn't rallied. (laughs) So I'm like, I think there's a catch up trade here. We're setting yep. up if it got above 50. We got the breakout yesterday. I mean, there's room to 55 on this thing. So I'm I'm triple long it. So it's three times the size of a normal position. So that's how bullish I was on BNS. I got on for trade. And as far and as like these growth stocks, I mean, it, I mean, they've come down so far. Like I know you mentioned the unity, you know, Dennis, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it traded 18 in the pre-market, and then it's, you know, it's 28. Could go to 30, I mean, 40, could. Yeah, yeah. I I the, you know the difference is though, I don't want to be if there's a turn here. I don't this is a metaverse thing. You know, Michael Pachter liked it on her show. I had it in my head, and I wanted to play it a couple times. I played it once successfully, and this last one was bad. And I was actually considering selling it before the report, like just, you know, getting rid of the whole thing. I did sell a piece of it 26 on the way down before it started, like, really falling. Uh, just because it was like, I don't, you know, it's breaking down. I always say stocks making new lows, you got to go. But I was like, I held a little piece of it, and then it went to 18. I was like, why didn't I sell the whole thing? And I come all the way back yesterday, one day, I was like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, there's better stocks out here. So there's better companies out here. Maybe not better stocks, but there's better companies out here. I'll tell you one to be careful on. Uh, I don't know if you saw today, but Intel is dropping in the pre-market What's wrong with due Intel? to a JP Morgan double downgrade uh, to underweight from overweight. Analysts citing Always somebody increased competition in my pool. from rivals such as AMD <laughs> and Taiwan Semiconductor. For the rating change. Always so. somebody pissing in my pool. <laughs> Intel's just starting to look oh, good. The JP Morgan. Scary. I'm finally like getting back to even almost on <laughs> yeah. Intel. Now you come and you can yeah, nail me, JP got, Morgan. They, Screw you, JP Morgan. They got I was getting my money back on this thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they got some institutions that want to buy it, Dennis. They got some institutions that want to buy it. So, you know, so they'll knock it down I mean, a little bit. Don't, don't worry do about that. it. You're telling me they don't do that. But the double no, downgrade, the no. double downgrade sucks. Um, you know, I'm long Intel. I bought a 30. I'm long Intel. Yeah, I'm trap. not long Intel. Value trap. Never will I'm be like, probably. Come back to 32. Get, get my money here. back. <laughs> Intel. Bag Intel uh, definitely needs to change things up. Let me. I retract that value, statement. Value trap is 50. I, Intel I value trap. Can you take 2, that 000. statement off there? <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you one thing. For 20, 22 years, it, it topped out eighty dollars back in two thousand. I think in, that was the high, wasn't it, Joel? Intel, yeah. eighty uh, bucks in two thousand. We're twenty nine, yeah, twenty years yeah. later. AMD Welcome eating their lunch. Nosebleed multiples for stocks. That's the truth. I, I like BZ Tokyo's comment. We haven't seen BZ Tokyo in a while. I don't know where he's been. Uh, but everyone's got a lot of opinions, but no one has any time frame. We bullish until at least the end of the year. That's what I we said. Sell it off before the next one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, uh, another thing that's going to temper the rally a little bit is, and I, and I, I got some things to sell to, 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 uh, to, you know, to take some losses, whether, you know, I buy it back or whatever, but that's another yeah, thing that could lost. temper the rally a little bit. But as far as, you know, you know, individual, as far as the index goes, as far as the S&P goes, I just, I, I've made this mistake 
before, you know, it, it clears one of my lines with, you know, uh, you know, with velocity, you know, thinking, okay, it's coming back, you know, it's going to, it's going to come corner. back down, but there's just, there's nothing in here. Yeah. There's just nothing in here on the dailies. And you know what that highs from that highs from the uh, September uh, CPI. The CPI the day that, the this CPI was the day that you pull. were selling everything. Wow, Joel. You're yeah. so good at And look what happened after that. My look, man. Now I want to hold look at a 4170. Look at that. Now look I want to chase. There's 200 more points here. Now you got me chasing. I, I mean, the, the, the one thing also is that we're finally out of a bearish pattern. I feel like every time that we've gotten out of a bearish pattern, you can look to the left. Look at August. We got above that 39, 39.31. Then we came above it. We threw back Same to thing. that line and then yep. took off. That's what kind of I could expect now. A little push above 4,000. I'd love then to see that. Retrace a little bit, hold that line on any pullback, and then really give us the lift yeah, towards the 410s. You know, that that could really be the move that we could be looking for here. And I like to look for those throwbacks. So I like how Dennis is approaching it here on thinking that, yeah, we could get above 4,000, but there should be kind of a little bit at least a pullback oh, A little pullback, and then I'm going to strike more. So I do think, and I look at Joel's chart here, that let's just lay it all out. I mean, this is what the market wanted. This isn't the type of number that there's going to be massive sellers coming in. This isn't going to be, I think it's not a matter of whether this gives it back. People who think this is giving it back right now, I think are dead wrong. I don't think it's giving it right back. I think it's going to hold up a bit. It's a matter of, does it give us a better price, a better chance, or do we need to chase? I'm like, yes, I'm literally on the fence on whether I need to buy right now or whether I'm going to get it at 390. You know, obviously on the number, it was a no brainer. That's why I did not come back on the show. I'm like, you got to be buying everything. The algos ripped us up a hundred handles. I was like, this sucks, but I got to keep buying. I've got to actually, I can't fade this move. Not with the seven on the board. So from the inflation. So, I mean, from 830 to nine, I did not come back on the show. And people say I abandoned the show. I mean, obviously, I make my living trading. You had to save your you know, butt. I, I tried you were to having here. a bad day. You I, I, were having a bad day going into it. It turned it around. It turned yeah, it around. I was leaning. That's... I had Nvidia long, and I had I had like it, AMD it, long. It, it goes like, to take all way down, and I was like, Ugh. Dennis, you're leaning, you're leaning, you're leaning on those because of the day before. They didn't been... know the day before they sold it off, so nobody knew this number. They kept this yeah, Dennis. Hush -hush. Dennis, you were leaning on those lower prints for a while now, and then the whole crypto thing probably knocked you sideways. You weren't oh, even yeah. thinking about a low report here, and you all of a sudden, I was, shebang. I I started getting bullish a week ago. I got bullish too early. I'm always early. Well, I'll tell you what. All right, guys, guys. All right, let, let's get to someone to in, let's get someone to temper our enthusiasm here off one good jobs <laughs> number. And who's better to do that than our man Blue Blue Putnam, the chief economist at the CME Group? Mitch, roll the intro. I gotta go blue for that. Yes, let's get them all. My guy, Blue. Everybody's guy, Blue, right? I mean, that's what we all need. We need some insight from the CME group. Fill us in. What's going on, Blue? Well, you know, the market really wanted to hear the Fed might pause. And, of course, the Fed hasn't said that. But uh, the inflation data certainly gave it an opportunity to think about it. Um, 
You know, I've cautioned a lot of patients on the inflation data, and really it was only the headline data that was great. The core is still pretty sticky. Um, so it's going to be a while. But, you know, we now had, uh, I think the headline peaked in June at 9%. So we've had four months of decline. So now we've got a little bit of a trend here. Yeah, barely. <laughs> Blue, do you think this one data point is enough? For the Fed to start talking a little softer, do you think the Fed speak coming out now is going to be like, well, our plan's working and maybe we're going to work towards a pause here? Do we hear these words coming from Fed officials now? Okay, two things on that. First of all, it's not one data point. It, we've, we've been coming down on headline for about four data points. Okay. In the month over month uh, rate over the from July, August, September, October, is I think around 2.3, 2.4, uh, 0.234, a month over month. Now, if you and if we could get that for 12 months, we'll be at 3%. So it's not one month, all right? So that's first thing. Second thing, how much of this is really coming from the Fed's action? Well, the Fed's act, the main thing the Fed did is double mortgage rates, and it's raised all kind of rates that affect durable goods, houses, automobiles, household appliances. So if you look at the inflation rate on durable goods, it peaked early in the year at 18% year over year, and it's down to 5%. So the Fed has had an impact on durable goods inflation, but all of the rest of the impact isn't here yet. Yeah, that's the, that's the chart. Durable goods is the one that's the darker blue line that's coming way down way fast. Uh, services, that's the gray line, it's still like creeping, you know, it's kind of sticky, you know, and that's, uh, you know, and you've got rents and things in there. So we're not over the hump here, but we, uh, the Fed gets credit for uh, knocking the durable goods and housing market off. It's off the boom. And now we'll see, uh, you know, it's going to take longer for rent and services to, to move, but we're going in the right direction. How did you come up with that number, Blue? How did you come up with that 3% number that you just mentioned? You said you were taking it and just annualizing the current. Yeah, I look at month over month numbers. And if you take 3% and divide by 12, (laughs) you get 0.25. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're saying if we fall 0.25 every month, that's where we're going to get to. And ideally, you know, we would average on that. you know, because we're going to have higher and lower months, but but you know we're getting into that territory where we've we've had a couple. Of, you know, we we do appear to be past the peak. And by the way, virtually every commodity market peaked in in May or June. Some of them in April. You know, everything from oil to lumber to copper are off their peaks. Corn. Uh, so you know we have that going, but that wasn't the Fed, by the way. That was you know things happening in the rest of the world, China, Ukraine, stuff like that. But so, you know, the Fed, a lot of what the Fed's done isn't showing up yet. Yeah. Uh, and that's really good news. And that's where, you know, in the Fed statement, they, they said they're going to consider the lags in monetary policy. And then, of course, uh, Jay Powell, after the Fed statement, said, yeah, but we might keep rates high for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> Back to everyone for a loop. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, you know the the way the 
the economy's kind of holding up. Like the the the, the big re, big fear was that you know we're going into these higher interest rates. I mean uh, that that's allowed them to keep a stronger stance. I mean unemployment did tick up just a little bit, but do you think that we're just getting all giddy that inflation's coming down, but that the negative effect that it's going to have on the economy is something that I mean we did see it in Q three. Do you think that's just uh, you know uh, uh, you know a potential concern? I think if I look at the equity markets, you know what I see is about eighty percent of it. The downdraft uh, was adjusting to higher interest rates, so you get this enthusiasm for a pause, and of course, you can rally on that. Uh, and about twenty percent of what happened in equities was you know worried about earnings and things and. That really, I think, is not necessarily a U.S. story. A lot of that is coming out of China, the rest of the world, or it's very tech-related. And, I mean, you know, it's the high-flying companies that managed to get above a trillion-dollar valuation that they're maybe not there anymore um, that are causing, I think, some, you know, fears of, uh, you know, the job layoffs. Some of them are going to be in Silicon Valley. Uh, other places like that. So, you know, that's where some of the other um, turbulence in equities is still coming from. All right. Now I have a good question here. I've been hearing often that maybe we need to get kind of the interest rate, the Fed fund rate above the core kind of uh, PCE. Do you feel that same way, Blue? And I'll kind of bring up a chart to kind of describe similar areas where we're seeing right now headline versus core here. Yeah, the core is the... Uh, lower darker blue line there um this is the cpi the, the the core that the fed looks at is from the personal consumption expenditure it's slightly lower but anyway to answer your question uh no <laughs> if, okay. if you believe that the fed has made a difference and i do and if you believe that some natural forces are also working coming out of the pandemic no fiscal stimulus stuff like that are making a difference in the you know, then uh, you don't need to go all the way up to where the core is. Um, but if you didn't believe that, you would. But, you know, like in the 70s, when Volcker was having early 80s, having to deal with it, um, you know, there was a definite trend upward in inflation. And there was no of this four months of possibility or whatever. So there you you had to go well above the uh, prevailing inflation rate. But But this time we've already seen a turning point. At least some of us think we have. Blue, what about this 2%? I mean, I, I thought that, that the Fed pivot would come when the Fed said, you know, 2%. I mean, do you ever see us getting down to 2% again in, in this kind of market environment, reversing all that liquidity? I mean, 3 4%? I mean, you think you think 2 is really an achievable target? I think it's an achievable target, but I don't know that I would want to try to get there very quickly. Uh, the, uh, you know, for me, there's not a lot of big difference between a 2% and a 3% inflation rate. I start drawing a line, you know, you talk to me about five, six, seven, and I know you got inflation. Um, two or three is no big deal. The, uh, but you know, if you go back from 1994 to, uh, 2020, we were really on the core. We were stuck between one and 3%. We bounced a little up and down, but, you know, the core rate was really quite stable. Uh, the uh, headline rate wasn't as stable, but it was still, you know, tracking uh, some degree of no real serious inflation. And, you know, once we get rid of the pandemic and compete, 
you know, go back to buying whatever services and restaurants and travel we're going to do and less goods. We're, we're definitely out of fiscal stimulus. The Fed's reversing its uh, withdrawing its accommodation. So I do think we could get back to averaging uh, 2%. But I just would caution that uh, if you want to try to do that in 2023, 2024, you're probably going to be disappointed. All right. Now, one area that I am keeping a close eye on is, of course, gasoline prices. Of course, we've been seeing them pull back. But recently with the OPEC moves, it seems like they're coming back up and getting rampant. This is my only concern really about inflation, because, of course, energy starts going rampant again. Where could inflation get another spike? What do you think about this, Blue? Well, the um, crude oil prices in the United States, WTI crude, you know, it's it's right around 90 bucks. It peaked at 125. I don't I think, you know, the, the where gasoline prices are, are roughly in line with uh, that $90 price. So I, I'm, I don't feel like gasoline prices are going to fall further. The, the market, if, if, if you want to pick a refined product that I'm worried about, um, and, I, and it's diesel. <laughs> mm. And if you live in the Northeast, you might, you know, you might be heating your home with uh, heating oil, which is essentially diesel. Uh, and you're going to you're going to have a uh, an expensive winter. Um, so th th there are some issues in the refined uh, product area of, of petroleum. But diesel is the one that causes me more issues. But gasoline is the one that hits the consumer price. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's stabilized a little bit below $4 for regular for the whole country. Uh, if you live in California, you didn't, you didn't hear that. You know, it costs a lot more. Blue, we, we have this uh, obsession with the CPI data. And I know you're a market veteran. You've been back over the years. People used to look at the the, the money supply and very closely <laughs> uh, follow the bonds and, you know, tick for tick in the bonds, calling the SPs and everything. I mean, do you think that, this, like, is this going to be the focus for, like, 2023 into 2024? I mean, how long, you know, you think, you know, we've had times where the unemployment number has been the big number. I mean, do you think that this is like here to stay? We're all going to be glued to our screens and the world's going to be, you know, on balance with these CPI numbers. Is this something that's going to persist, you know, all the way through 23, maybe into 24? I do think we're going to be glued to the inflation data for a good number of 12 to 18 months. Um, but I think that we'll start to becoming unglued about middle of next year. Uh, it's just that we'll still watch it every day. Um, but, you know, and we're not and we're always going to watch those labor market uh, reports first Fridays of every month. Those are just they're going to stay critical, um, you know, and, and then when you're looking at your screen, uh, you know, those that the inflation target the Fed has the labor market try to encourage full employment. You're going to be the shape of the yield curve is going to be seriously in play for a long time to come, probably forever, uh, because we're just not in a particularly stable environment. I mean, the idea that we would get to some kind of stability is pretty hard to see in this world with so many different forces, big forces changing. Now, one area that I'm definitely concerned about, and I think that it's, of course, going to take a little bit longer for the Fed's actions to really, uh, you know, come to roost is the rent area, right? Rent inflation. Yes. It seems like it's definitely sticky. Um, wherever you're looking, maybe certain areas are stickier than most. But what do you expect from rent in the consumer price index? Well, the uh, the Fed does. I mean, not the Fed, the, uh, the statisticians here, they measure rent. 
Um, partly, they actually, you know, do surveys of what people are actually paying for rent in apartments. But the bigger part of the rent calculation is a is a home ownership. If you own your home, they do this calculation that tries to figure out how much you would pay to rent your home from yourself. And of course, that depends on house prices and everything around home ownership costs. And we're, you know, uh, it's pretty likely that we're going to be stuck uh, at a, uh, a, you know, a very sticky rent level for at least three or four more months before it starts to to come down. Uh, the housing market has been hit. There is no doubt about it. The mortgage market has had a mortgage is more than doubling. Uh, house sales are down. House prices are drifting down. But but housing itself is very hard to analyze. We've talked about this before, but you know, you, you a lot of people got pretty low mortgage rates over the last 10 years, and they're not going to give those up. So they're not actually going to sell. And um, the other thing, we, we're, people aren't losing their jobs, or at least on average, they're not losing their jobs. And so there's no forced sales out there like there was in 2008 and 9. And so without forced sales and with people not wanting to sell because they want to keep their low mortgage rates, you know, the, the, the drop in house prices is probably not going to be too big. Um, so it'll take a little longer for rent to calm down. Rent is about 40% of the core, maybe 30, a little over 30% of the headline. So it is a big part of what we're looking at here. But everybody knows the market has already turned. The data hasn't turned, but the market has. So, it, you know, if, if you want to drive looking in the rearview mirror, be my guest. But the rest of us are going to look forward. I like well, that. I, I, I like it too, Blue. It seems like a little bit more in our bullish shoes today. But like always, we got to keep waiting to see what happens. Um, another area that I think is definitely important is figuring out what's going to be the path moving forward, right? I think we should definitely start thinking about 50 basis points in December. What do you see moving forward after that? Well, I'm, you know, the federal funds futures market uh, has pretty much locked in uh, after that inflation data on the 50 basis points for uh, for December and then maybe one more uh, small move next year. We end up somewhere between four and a half and five percent um, on Fed funds. That's currently what the market's uh, telling you it's thinking. Um, if we get some surprise data, you know, it could go a different way. But uh Right now, the, the you know the, the slow drift down on inflation suggests that the Fed is not going to change its peak rate, uh, and I and I do uh, take uh, Chairman Powell at his word that he'll keep rates there longer than the market might be thinking, um, and because he knows you you know you know you can't it's not a switch it's not an on off switch so you have to stay with these policies so you know what he's saying makes very good sense. What would you say to the investor that is not only looking for uh, the Fed to, you know, slow down the pace of rates, uh, get them steady, uh, but start to bring them down again? Um, in my opinion, you know, like 4%, 5% is still on historical standards pretty low. Do you think that maybe the Fed is going to keep them higher for longer because they kept them lower for too long. And it's really going to take like a, uh, just like a major calamity uh, for them to, cause, I mean, I don't think we're, are we ever going to go back down to those ridiculous rates that we had before? 
Well, I, I don't know what the Fed's thinking, but I do know what a lot of uh, good economic researchers are looking at. And a lot of us are studying what, what did we learn from the last 12 years okay. of quantitative easing and zero rates? Well, one of the things we learned is quantitative easing raises equity prices, lowers bond yields and does nothing for the economy. So I don't think we're going to go back to quantitative easing uh, pretty easily. Um, then there's zero rates. What did zero rates do? Well, it didn't create inflation either. It really didn't help the economy. And in fact, it hurt retirees. It hurt the it money uh, market industry. It did some damage to the economy. It caused a search for yield, which is really too much risk taking. And that's why we had to unwind this with this equity market. So I think we've learned, or at least some of us have learned, that zero rates and quantitative easing have costs. And you shouldn't lightly go there. And of course, the Fed did not lightly go there. But but, you know, going back there is less likely. Uh, what I see us is, is I think two is the new zero. Um, OK. And, okay. and there's another part of that story is that, you know, when you're at zero uh, on rates, you know, you kind of think if you're in the Fed, maybe I'm out of gunpowder. I can't you know, what do I do if something else happens? So if you're at two, you still got a little powder left. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, I think we're going to find that when Greenspan went to 1% after 9-11 and the tech wreck, that he was too low, too long. And I think we're going to say that the zero was probably too low, too long. Um, and so, you know, next time around, we'll, we'll, we'll go higher and then we'll uh, come down and won't come down as low. All right. I'm going to throw you a curveball here and, and, and you don't have to take the pitch, but uh, Bitcoin. The fallout on the on the global economy. Um, you know, I don't know if you have an opinion on it. I don't know if you've invested in it, and you could definitely take a hard pass on it. Um, we, you know, there's a lot of different opinions out there. Uh, I just wanted to see if you had one. Well, you know, I study Bitcoin, and of course, uh, you can trade Bitcoin futures on on CME Group. Um, but the, uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting is we we went through a period of. Uh, several months of really incredible stability in the price of Bitcoin in that 19 to $20,000 territory. And uh, anytime I see stability in a market in which every other market is incredibly volatile, <laughs> I, get in, I, I get nervous. And so, you know, I didn't know which way it was going, what was going to happen, but I did feel that there was a justification to be very nervous. Uh, and, you know, what we've seen now is some things that imply that uh, the regulatory push on on um, on how crypt cryptocurrencies and so forth are regulated is is, is going to pick up because you know the SEC it, it goes back to thinking about when these institutions was formed the SEC came out of the 1930s and that's when investors really got hurt and the SEC is there to protect investors. And, and we've had some investors that have, you know, have gotten hurt because of lack of transparency and so forth. So, you know, uh, I don't know where Bitcoin is going or any of those things, but I do I do feel like the regulatory climate is going to take a really hard look and they're going to feel a little bad that they were late doing that. I agree. So uh, we'll throw up here uh, expert insights and analysis from, of course, CME Group link here. You guys go ahead and add that. Thank you for joining us today. Of course, Blue Putnam, you guys can check him out. Managing Director and Chief Economist at CME Group. Always great to have you on, Blue. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, let's take a look at the overall market action. How are we looking, Joel? We're just hanging out here. Uh, we're hanging out just above mid-range on the session, up 20 handles. Uh, we may I, I don't think you can 
cannot get serious on the downside here until we at least go red. Uh, you know, we settled it's 39.61. That was a new uh, high closing high by the rebound by over 50 handles. The previous one was 39.11 in the quarter. So I'll be keen on that 39.61. Uh, it just seems like a little a little chop right now, Dennis. What are you, are you seeing? Anything? A lot of lot of separation. A lot of stocks uh-huh. down here. So it's doesn't this is not at yesterday. What's going on with everything Tesla? rally? Tesla is down, Meta is down big. These stocks are giving back quite a bit here. You're looking like a lot of the like ARKK names. ARKK is red right now. I mean, if I'm looking up, and obviously we like to look under the hood, you know, the car seems to be running well, but we hear a little rattle. We're hearing a rattle right now. I look under the hood, I see a lot of red, man. So I'd actually would not like from a day trading perspective, I'd be selling spy here because if you know we start to see what's holding us up right now is energy. Energy is okay. holding us up. You do have Amazon trading up two percent. Like it's it's very it's separation within industries too, which is weird. Like you got Tesla down two bucks, Amazon up two bucks, Meta's down, but you got you know uh, Netflix is trading higher here, and Apple's trading higher, Microsoft slightly up. I mean, it's very, it's like a Christmas tree. It's red and green all over when I'm looking at my screen here right now. So not all green. I'd say half red, half green, which is really weird to be up this much and have, you know, a Christmas tree going on. That's telling me that, you know, obviously the energy stocks are way up, so that's helping the S&P. But it's also telling me I wouldn't chase the SPY right now as a day trader. Okay. Be looking at uh, unchanged and that's it. Uh, I think it could get unsure, yeah. Okay. One okay. one area I think we should also keep watch is the crypto markets today, right? Well, we were able to go up yesterday. We even I feel like spiked Bitcoin towards the upside. Can the support hold in Bitcoin? It looks like to me a Bitcoin support towards seventeen thirty six. Maybe you put it down there towards seventeen uh, three fours, but it doesn't look like it's a uh, Hanging on right now. If Bitcoin goes, I'd be careful about the market. So I'll keep watch that relationship today towards the open. Where's Bitcoin? Show us the Bitcoin chart, Joel. I got. Yeah, see the oh, futures are different. I don't care. Well, can't we just show like? Um, okay. I'll show what you got. Not I can show. Uh, the, it's an inside day. I mean, the the futures the futures are down eleven. Hard to get bullish quarter. Bitcoin as long as we're below eighteen thousand. There you go. You I was just gonna say 18, I'm not gonna 000. try and find support in that. Yeah. I'll just yeah. You just gotta like eighteen on the brain. You gotta like, you get gotta, you gotta get back up over that before you start even thinking about getting bullish Bitcoin. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and I then agree. there's what is the other fallout here? We just don't know. You know, with all the FTX, exactly. There's more fallout happening. Yeah, there could here. be some more fallout. Especially. Yeah, so keep that in mind. See, that's that's what I think is the negative catalyst that turns this rally around. But does it really turn us around completely? That's what I'll be watching. Could give so us a course, pullback and an opportunity. Exactly. I think I'm, I've got the I'll pull by the Bitcoin. dip hat on right now. I just need a dip though. So <laughs> <laughs> by the dip, dip hat is dip, on. Dip. I need a dip. We'll see what happens. Uh, will you get that uh, cheddar dip today? We'll see what happens. Uh, definitely going to take a look at some different stocks today. I did see news out on United giving Pilots 5% raises early. So keep your eyes on United today. They did have some news out. Uh, this could give them a little bit of lift. They were lifting yesterday. Airlines were starting to take a lift. But, of course, keep in mind, oil prices is going higher. So I just don't know how long that rally can last in those airlines. Um, another stock that had reports today, Figs. I don't know if you know some insights on Figs, Joel. 
Uh, maybe you know Figs. some insights there. Uh, that's the healthcare. Uh, that's the no. apparel and healthcare. Maybe Lisa never knows even a heard bit of this one. Figs. No, I've never heard of, heard of this or heard of this one. All right, this, so this well, it's a, one for me. it's a healthcare apparel company, and so uh, they do the scrubs. They make the the po most popular scrubs uh, for the healthcare industry. Uh, EPS mm. coming in line, sales at 128.58 million, being 124.21 million estimate. Raymond James did downgrade figs to outperform and lower price target to eight. Sounds like a COVID stock. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we were also announcing that they close about uh, they're closing about 40 underperforming locations that's still listed? in the US. What yeah, is? we two dollars six cents. Oh, that's a great one. We where, where were where'd that thing come out at? I guess it came out. Was it a it spec? It was a spec. It was yeah. a spec. It went the spec to version. Um, and then Facts attack again. Yeah. Toast is the last one that I'll give, at least the earnings wise. <laughs> that's, a good that's a good segue uh, from W. Yeah. Toast there. Uh, EPS loss of 19 cents, missing the nine cent estimate. Sales at 752 million, beating the 721.52 million estimate. They do see Q4 revenue. They increased the high end to 760. Uh, the estimate was at 731.31 million. Reporting on the right day. Right? And that's, yeah. that's, that's so important. What, matter, what matters more is the day you report. Everybody got the bull hat on. They find a reason to buy that toast, and they did. Now watch out for MSTR. Wait, just I want to. I just want to say something about the toast here. Yeah, and, let's do it. Uh, the toast, like twenty three bucks. I mean, I you know it's got the momentum. It's up there. It hasn't hit twenty three yet. I'd keep a real close eye on twenty three because that's so, so something on the monthlies. This things come down from seventy bucks. So. You know, I always like to stand in front of these things, but, uh, you know, look at that 23 is resistance. It fell off really hard when it hit there before, but uh, I'll make that 23. I'll, I'll make that a four star today. If I'm, and someone asked what a handle is, and I just want to clarify that question every every once in a while. Uh, when I'm talking about the S&P 500 index futures, we're currently trading at 3982. If we went up to 3983, that would be one handle, right? That's nothing, right? During that uh, during that CPI, we moved a hundred handles, a hundred hmm. handles, and just to and just to let you know, just to show you how how old I am, I used to quote the S and P in in nickels, like 20-25. That so now handles are just like nothing. I mean, this market, 100 handles, I mean, that would have been impossible to to relay the hand quotes on that one. But uh, just wanted to clarify that. I believe that was for LIV. Do we want to? It's the numbers before the decimal point. The number before the decimal point. Dig. Oh, that's a good way. That, that, that's an excellent way. Pretty good yeah. for a spy lover like you. But uh, anyway. <laughs> um, uh, this day. It's going to be very interesting. Like I said, lots of red, lots of green. Don't expect your stock to be up because a lot of stocks that are down. The growthy names are giving some back. Square's trading down almost a buck here now. You're seeing value names catch a bit, but the banks aren't participating for some reason. A little bit of participation. It is a mix. This is the definition of a mixed market right now. We're up 20 handles, but this market is mixed. One thing that I'd keep in mind, of course, with the Bitcoin situation, Michael Saylor 
chief, uh, executive chairman of MicroStrategy spoke yesterday on CNBC and said that speaking for Bitcoiners, we feel that we're trapped in a dysfunctional relationship with crypto and we want out, said Michael Saylor. He also said that the that industry mean? needs to grow up and yeah. regulators are coming into this space. The future of this industry is registered digital assets trading on a regulated exchange where everyone has investor protections. They need. He's the biggest Bitcoin bull out there. What does that yeah, mean that when he says weird. he wants out? He obviously mean? doesn't mean he wants to sell because he's the biggest Bitcoin bull out there. He's all emergent on this thing. What does that Try mean? Be careful I don't know what that, that means. Uh, I don't, I MSTR, don't know. MSTR, we've already said, if Bitcoin goes down to 10,000, MSTR is in a world of trouble, and you're starting to see that get priced in. Not saying it's going to go there. Well, I have been saying this. I think it's going there, the the Bitcoin. But this MSTR is very close to 52 weeks. Well, 134, I guess, got down to in April, so it's still ways off. But definitely a bad couple of days. Yeah, the one thing that would really concern me, we've right, heard about. I'm going to go over cover some symbols. Pre-market prep plus. I'll let you guys go and finish up. Uh, Triple D, uh, work your way out of uh, those positions there. And uh, uh, interesting in day. Later. It's an interesting day. We'll say that. Have a good one. Joel. Lots of red, we'll lots of, of green on my screen. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I'm going to keep in mind, and I think uh, investors out there should also watch, right? We've had this issue show up with Bitcoin platforms. We have yet to see one of these kind of Bitcoin stocks or mining stocks just go completely out of business because of this situation. So one thing to keep in mind, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but I'm definitely keeping that open thought that if some of these companies just start really getting hit hard on the downside, of course, like a company like MicroStrategy that's holding so much Bitcoin, what happens to them at certain levels? Is there some signs of liquidity concerns with those companies? Well, one thing to keep in mind, we'll see what happens. Those comments from Michael Saylor yesterday, definitely creeping me out a little bit if I was me a micro-strategy investor. Me too. But we'll see doesn't what happens today. Bullish. Yeah, that definitely didn't sound bullish, but we'll have to wait and see. Like always, traders, you guys make your own investment decisions. We just hope that we can at least give you the perspectives on both sides of the coin and then you guys can go ahead and make those decisions. We'll see what happens today towards the bell. Like always, appreciate you, Dennis, for coming on, giving us the insight. For and sure. keep battling in those markets. It ain't We're easy. Battling. It's a battle. Yeah. You guys see Dennis with the, the experience that he has. He's still battling in this market. That just goes to show you things aren't easy. So always risk preservation. All right. Let's keep going. We're going to get you over to all access. That's going to be coming up next. That's going to start at 9.15. We've got just one small interview for you today, and then we'll get into some live trading action. Yes, I said it, live trading action today. Don't miss out. That's going to start at probably about 9.45, 9.40-ish. But like always, you guys can stick right here on Benzinga for content all day. Today, we will be interviewing Fubo CEO. Don't miss it, team. If you guys want to come and learn about Fubo TV. I know there's a lot of bulls out there that were pushing for a nice breakout in Fubo. Well, come ask some questions. If you got anything to ask, that's going to be at 1.15 p.m. on Stock Market Movers right here on Benzinga, my show. Meet me there. I'm definitely going to be interested in talking to Fubo. You guys remember, I've been a Fubo fan. I've been not a fan. And I feel like at this point, I'm going to have a great conversation and ask some tough questions coming up, of course, to Fubo.
All right, let's keep going. Let's take a look at what else is going on. Real estate getting a little bit of a bounce yesterday, so keep your eyes on that. Technology, names like NVIDIA, really starting to get out of the bearish territory. These are stocks that I can see getting some lift. AMD, one that's gotten out of kind of the bear flag that was here. We broke above it. We could pull back to the 50 EMA, but in my eye, SMA, um, and then from, in my eyes there, if we can hold the 50 pullback, continue above 65s, we're looking good in AMD to start making our way back. We'll have to wait and see what happens today. Of course, the SPY is going to be interesting here towards 396. Will we get a downturn? I think we still have room to run, right? I think money managers are probably caught yesterday and going to be looking to buy the dip. We're just going to have to wait and see and what happens there. Carmen said, I gave up on Fubo. Well, what were your questions? Do you have any questions? PJ, Fubo, what do you want to ask? This is your opportunity. That's one thing that I got to say about Benzinga that most people don't realize. Most people don't realize that Benzinga truly gives you the opportunity to get to the companies that even you're investing in. Why? Because you get an opportunity to ask a question to like Fubo today. Where else are you getting this opportunity? I'll tell you what. It isn't on the other financial media sites because if you look at them, they probably don't have a chat room. They don't have any access where you can actually engage with the anchors and hosts. So this is where you want to be, the competitive advantage right here on Benzinga. All right, let's get into some stocks. Throw up some stocks. It's ticker time, team. What are you guys taking a look at towards the bell today? I'll go ahead and take a look at it today. Uh, Carl Icon coming on anytime soon. I can get them on. I can reach out. I got no problem. Uh, love the momentum. Let's go. We'll see what happens today. What are the future plans of Fubo? Are their subscriptions increasing? Well, James, what I would suggest for you guys is I'll go ahead and I'll put up a link on our Twitter to drop and source some questions. You guys can also hit the comments after the show. I want to keep these questions. So make sure that you hit them up on the comments after the show. And I'll go through all the comments before the interview and make sure that you guys get your opportunity. Let's get into the stocks action. Looks like there's some tickers rolling in. It's time to flow through these tickers. Do me the favor, though. If you guys appreciate me going through these tickers, hit the thumbs up and support the stream. All right, let's go to this first one up. MSTR, definitely going to be careful on this one. You guys know I've been actually calling this short from 300. And I'll show you guys the actual date that I called it short. It's on the daily chart. And you guys can see here, I've been looking at it since right here on this day. We put that on September 6th. That's where I put this out. And that was already when it was, the stock was kind of down in this area. And we were looking for this. If it didn't break past 300, I looked at this like a breakdown through the pattern. And now we're looking to really break down. Of course, you guys heard the conversation that was given by Michael Saylor. This looks like it's heading towards the 150 and could be even heading lower than that. SI is another one to keep in watch. If you're looking for MSTR to continue down, look for SI to continue down. And that one's a worry right there. All right, let's keep going through other stocks. TLT, of course, bonds. What are you going to be looking there? Well, look to see this trend kind of get out of the bearish trend. In my eyes, if it can really start closing above this, we're looking good. And you can see here, we closed above it yesterday, pulling back a little bit. We don't want to see it break down into this down gap, 96.75. If it can hold here, get back through yesterday's high, 
We're going to be looking good here at 9850s. And don't forget the junk bonds, right? I think this is an area that we can start looking at these area. JNK is one area that you can be looking at high yield bond ETF. I'm starting to see that if we could get out of this kind of bearish trend, we're not looking too bad there in some junk high yield bonds. Let's go to charge point. I got, I'm going to keep it going here, team. So this is definitely getting a bounce. But for me, charge point really isn't bullish until above 20. I've talked about this multiple times that I want to see it make its move to above 20. Will this stock eventually do it? I feel it will, but the problem will be how long will it take to truly get that infrastructure money to ChargePoint where it's building a lot of the infrastructure for the EVs? Of course, EVgo, take a look at this one. Very similar chart, just different price pattern that you're looking at. In my eyes on EVgo, I'm looking for a price above 10 holding. So it looks like we got above there in August. Couldn't get above here when we started getting spikes in September's. We closed one time above that 10 and then started pulling back here. Let's see if we can get back above 10 on EVgo. Going to keep it going. I'm going to try to do my best to do as many stocks for you guys. Just do me the favor and hit the like. Tesla down towards 187. What's my next level to watch? Well, my next level to watch is towards 167.43. Why is that my level to watch? Well, that's where we had the five to one split back on August 31st, 2020. I think that we could get towards that level, maybe find a little bounce there, but that's actually the area where I'll be looking to see the bounce. Right now, I don't expect Tesla turning around anytime soon. This is actually one of the weaker stocks in the rally yesterday. So in my eyes, I'm leaving Tesla alone right now. LMT, LMT, the next stock here, uh, doesn't look too bad at all. This has been a big rip out. But one thing you're noticing is you're starting to create some highs here. And I get a little bit careful when I start seeing multiple highs. I try to count what the action is here. And you can see here, there's been multiple times to kind of break out. We had that time to break out. We looked to push. And when we pushed, we couldn't continue going. Then we start coming back here. If it breaks this support on the downside, 480s or 479.50 here, and it could be the 479.43s, if we start breaking down, you could retrace some of this recent action. Does it mean that it's coming completely down? No, but I would see here the top action there to 494, 50% retracement gets us right into the 450 area. That's where I could see it retracing to if it cracks that area. We'll see what happens there. AA, I'm going to try to keep going here. Alcoa. Look for 50s maybe to really start getting this going. One thing that you can clearly tell is that you got out of this bearish trend right here. You were starting to tap it, tap it, tap it. You even got above it, went below it one day. Now you're above it. Look to 4270s or maybe it's just even 43s to start holding as support. And that could be your level to look at on a nice upside move. We'll be looking for a move maybe towards the 50. That's going to be the first level to look out for. That's the next kind of resistance I'd be looking at right around here, 48.98 to start playing as resistance. Really, if you look to the left, you're even starting to get above these 44.63s. That's another level to look for on some pullbacks action. We'll see what happens today. Alcoa. Uh, NVIDIA says uh, Ivy. Ivy, this is a good one. Watch for those 150 pullbacks. That's the gap zone. You got above the gap zone. Maybe you get a little bit of a pullback there in NVIDIA. 
Fubo is a lottery ticket for PJ. Can't blame you on that one. Let's keep going. Amazon was one of my top watch yesterday for the reversal. A lot of that based off of what? The RSI. You guys know how I love using RSI to tell me overbought or oversold. And this stock was definitely on the oversold extreme. I only say look at RSI in their extreme moments. You can tell here there's not many times Amazon has gotten below 21 on the RSI and we just cracked it. How could you be using this? Well, take a look here, guys. If you look here, when we went to 21, what happened here? Well, up action right after that. Look at here. Went to 21. What happened after that? Up action after that. What happened here? We went down to 21. Well, up action after that. It's never going to be exactly the day that it can turn around, but it gives you levels to look at. Amazon reversing here gives me a nice level to look at. Now I can go ahead and watch for what? Well, I like to look at the one hour charts to look for pullbacks to make sure that those are holding. That's a pullback towards 95.56. Right now, it definitely could also pull back towards this level and hold as support. And you can see it in the pre-market. It's holding around that 97.67 level. So maybe you get a 97.50 level and then a push right back through the 99s. That's what you can might, might be looking for in Amazon today. A close to 100 has a nice little turnaround look that we could be coming back for this 105 and gap zone above. All right, let's keep going. Good vibes indeed, James. I hope you guys are enjoying me going through as many stocks as I can here for you and definitely smash those likes. Let's keep going. Let's take a look at some other stocks. What else do we got here? Come on, Mitch, you bring in Mark C. And he says the market's going lower 15 minutes before the biggest bounce in history. How is that uh, helping traders? Well, John, one of the things that we do here at Benzinga is try to give you both sides of the coin. We can't give you the side that's going to always land on the best probability because then we would be the know-it-alls. And the truth is nobody knows it all, John. But one thing that we try to do is always give you both sides of the coin, get you perspective from some of the leaders in the financial industry. And trust me, Mark Chaikin is one of those leaders. Just look at how many indicators he's made. Just look at all he's done in the industry. Well, you'll definitely, if you do your history, you'll be able to see Mark Chaikin is definitely one of the leaders in the industry. All right, let's keep going. I'll definitely uh, back up Mark Chaikin anytime because he's done some great things for the industry. Uh, C-E-L-H, let's go to that one, Diana. I got you here. Let's get the energy drink going here. And one thing I've drawn this trend line already, we can take a look to see if we can get back above it. So on Thursday's close, you got 89.95, right? That was going down towards the downside. Look for that to actually hold as support. Now what we're looking for, well, you want to see it get back above this kind of 92 area. That's where we opened up. I'll be looking for that 92 area to act as quickly as resistance and then eventually break through there. Let's go to the 15-minute chart so you guys can see the intraday action from yesterday. You pulled back. Let's see if we can get back through that kind of 95 period. If we can get back into that area, we're going to be looking good. And definitely into the 92 is where you could see that little pop going into maybe the VWAP pullback and then a nice little breakout. I actually like Celsius Holdings, how it's setting up today. We'll just see. They can make that run towards the 95. All right, going to keep going here. Definitely smash the like. Let's go. Let's go, team. All right, uh, scrolling down here, getting it going. Austin, appreciate you. Let's go. 
All right, tell here by Marcus Taylor. I got you. We got about less than 30 seconds. This is going to be the last one, and then I'm going to send you guys over to All Access. And like I said, we're just going to have a quick little interview. And then stay tuned, team. I want you guys to come over. I'm going to do some live trading action as soon as we're done with that interview. It won't take long, and I will be already looking towards the open of what's moving and what's not out there. All right, Tell is an oil and gas play, right? It's been down by the bottom and just kind of sitting around here. Now, one thing to note is that I feel like it's gotten out of this kind of uh, ascending triangle and it was on the downside. So usually this is not what you're expecting to see. You could call this kind of more of a bear pennant that you got back above it. But one thing that happened here is you got back above it and you didn't really hold this pullback on this day. That's where it got a little bit dangerous because it went back towards the low. But on yesterday, you started holding that pullback. That's the 278 area. That's where I'd be watching for pullbacks to make sure that that's holding. Don't want to see it back down in this 270s. Wanted to make sure that it holds kind of the pullback. And this is in the one-hour trend now. We're going a little bit closer. And we're looking for it to hold that 278 on pullbacks, get back above 290s, and look like it wants to go through three if you're a bull on this name. Last one. I'll sneak one more in for you, Olivia. I got you. Lulu. Lulu's definitely one that I keep on watch. Has had good earnings reports. Had a nice spike, right? Had a time to, where it's time to get out of the bearish pattern. I'd look for a little bit of a pullback, maybe a little bit even of a gap fill right now. It's a little bit too extended from this kind of 320. And you can see how it's extended. Why? Because my 9 EMA is so far from it. My 9 EMA usually follows the price action. You can see it here, how it was following the price action. That's that light blue line. Now you're getting expanded away. When I see too far expansion away from that 9 EMA, I almost expect to see the pullback. So in this name, what kind of pullback could we expect to see? Well, a lot of times I look for that 50% retracement of the recent move. And you guys can see here, that's going to be a move back towards 340. And there is some support right underneath it around 338. So we'll see if we get that pullback in Lulu Athletic today. All right, getting out of the charts. I hope you guys enjoyed all the extra action. And of course, the CME group. Check out, of course, if you guys want some insight from CME group or Blue Putnam, you guys can definitely reach out. I'm going to go and bring you guys over to All Access. And of course, don't miss it. I'll be on there in just a few minutes after the interview. We'll get you over to some live trading action. Hit the thumbs up if you guys enjoyed today's show. Let's bring you over to All Access. <laughs>